You're ready. You're ready. You're ready. Yes. Yes. You have you just stepped out into the world, world of chaos. chaos. Where everybody, Where everybody goes, goes hard. hard. Welcome, Coach. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm chilling, my brother. I'm chilling. Good to have you here, man. Good to thank have you. Thank you. Thank you. I was just telling the story. My man, Mark Petit, who played at Hofstra with Speedy, he asked me who was, you know, my toughest competition in college. Yeah, I went wow. to Philly. I went to Lincoln, then I went to uh, Maine Central uh, Prep School, and then I went to Fairleigh Dickinson. And I was talking about this guy, Mike Monster, who gave me the business. But he was talking to me the whole game, bro. You know how some dudes talk to you and they being real rude about it? Right. This guy was polite to me the whole game. But giving me the business and, like, telling me, yo, that was tough, man. You played some tough defense. Oh, man. Yo, you're going to be good, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. It messed your whole mind up, probably. It was, it was throwing me off. <laughs> Right? Yeah. But, you know, again, that was another game we won. Um, so I can say out of the three times I got served, I lost one of the games and won both the other two. So It's a learning experience, man. It's a lesson. That's all. That's all it is, man. That's all it is. All right, Coach. Who introduced you to the game? Probably like my mom's my sister, man, because I had an older sister, and she actually wanted to play high school basketball. And it was like time to go to the park. And I'm like, let me go, child. And I just loved it from there. From then, she played high school basketball. She didn't play it all. She changed her mind, became a cheerleader. But she actually, you know, liked it. You know what I mean? So, right, right. There you go. Then my next door neighbor, I lived in Albany Project, so we had housing. So he had all the young boys playing basketball. So God bless my next door neighbor, Mr. Jack. But he's probably the first person that really showed me how to play the game and you know what it meant to play the game. Okay, so you played ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Banneker. I won the championship in Banneker in 2001. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Cool. So now we got we got another set of questions to ask. That's good now. Cool. So, y'all guys, this is very interesting, Coach. This is very interesting. I like this. Gotcha. So you, you, went to, you played junior high school ball? Yeah, I went to 390. You went 390. Who's your coach there? Uh, Mr. Bennett. It's Keith, Keith Bennett. That was around the high energy day. So now everybody's playing high energy. Okay, okay. And and that was uh, definitely one of the tournaments that was uh, big in, in, in the, like the 90s, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So you played junior high school ball. Uh, how did you guys fare there? In what position did you play? At that time, I was probably at the same height I am now, so I was playing everything. So at that time, okay. I was learning how to put the ball on the floor a little bit, playing small forward, and I wasn't going to get the ball taken away from me, so they tried to make me play the point guard. So I was kind of first that this did whatever needed to be done because I wanted to be on the court. So okay. 
So what happened was when I was in middle school, I used to play with the bridge, Brooklyn Bridge, with Khalid Green. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Coach Green was like, yo, you should go to Banneker. And uh, I was like, go to Banneker? I didn't know anything about Banneker. It was a new school. And mm -hmm. he was like, I'm going over there. So I was comfortable with him. A lot of my teammates went over to Banneker. So that's the high school I chose to go to. Um, I played for Wendell Saunders, Ronnie Plummer, Perry Williams. It was all good guys. Okay, so you come from a solid background, brother. Yeah. Those are some good names in depth in Brooklyn basketball. So how did you end up, uh, matter of fact, let's go back. Who was the best player in your neighborhood when you was coming up? My neighborhood, uh, I would have to say a young man named Squirt. Okay, he, okay. He, he went to Mount Carmel. He was like top in the country. That's like seventh grade, eighth grade. He was a monster, but um, I would say him. Um, Roberto Stoops, Tutu. Uh huh. He was from my neighborhood. Yeah. Pretty good too. Okay. Yeah. So those are the those are the guys who the neighborhood kind of looked to and wanted to watch play when it was coming up. Right. It was another dude. He was an older guy. I forget his name, but he was supposed to go to Texas Tech, but I'm not too sure what happened. But he was nice. He was real good. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. So how did you get to Robeson? Was that the zone? That was the zone school right down the block. No, I mean, I went, uh, I went to Banneker. You went to Banneker. Excuse yeah. me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, I went to How did you get there? What you mean? How did you get to Banneker? Like, what made you go there, not to Boys and Girls and, and not Robeson? Um, Coach Green. Coach Khalil, Khalil Green wanted me to go to Banneker. So I was like, you know what? Let's go. And I was tired of being in my neighborhood. I went to middle school, the neighborhood, elementary school. I wanted to see something different, you know, have my own path. Hmm. So you, you're a Banneker guy. Chewing through, man. That's it. Yes, sir. You 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 bleed that. You bleed that 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 orange, uh yellow and, and burgundy, right? Yellow and gold. I mean yellow and red. Yellow and gold. Yellow and gold. That's right. That's right. Yellow and gold. Yep. Cool, man. Cool, cool. So, how did you get in? Uh, how did you guys? Who are some of the guys that you played with at Banica? Um, one of my teammates made it to the league. Gary Forbes. Yes, Gary Forbes used to live right around the corner from me, man. A young guy who I used to talk to a lot when he was coming up. Very, very good young man. Yes. Gary Forbes. We had um, Kareem Lloyd. Um, Sean Keys. Dude named Fresh. Real name was Douglas Hammonds. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Dude named Tunde. Lights Out Shooter. One of my other boys, Daniel Saunderson. He's from the neighborhood, too. So, okay, okay. All right. What up, what up, Stim? What up, what up, Pat? Guys just joined the building. Um, so who did you grow up idolizing? Who were the guys that you looked up to to say, you know what, I want to pattern my game behind them. This way I could be steady in high school. Uh, man, honestly, I really, I really didn't have nobody I wanted to idolize my game because my like I kept changing. Positions kept changing, so I was going with the flow. You know, whatever, like I said, whatever coach wanted me to do, that's what I did. So I really didn't have nobody that I idolized, but I mean, I did like to watch somebody like Grant Hill because he did play multiple positions. Okay, okay. And you guys won the city championship. What year was that? Two thousand and one. I think we played. How was that experience? How was that experience for you? It was a roller coaster, man, because we was uh we got the number two seed, but um. We was undefeated until one day we had practice, right? And Kosana forgot that he changed the date of the game. So we're practicing for the game against Automotive. 
we was going to play against George Jefferson that passed away. Um, yes. And, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, George. So we're practicing on, like, say, Monday for a Tuesday game, but all actuality, the game was on Monday. So mm. we forfeited. And instead of us being 16 and 0, we was 15 and 1. Wow. Yeah. So we got the number two seed. And when we got that, that two seed, of course, everybody was, you know, upset about it. But one thing about us, we learned to fight. It was nothing easy. And, like, every playoff game, we was down. Like, we might be down 10, 15, fourth quarter. You know, we just fall back. I remember the uh, semifinal game, we down, like, 20. Get into the fourth quarter. You know, we just got down, locked in, played D, came back, won by about 10. And then we got the championship. He was also down the championship, came back like right. for minutes. So it was a roller coaster ride, but it, it taught me like you never give up. You know, no matter how much you're down, no matter how much people might be against you, we take that take that with strides and you just push through. And you also gotta make sure you got good people around, you gotta trust your teammates. You know, it gotta be more than just a teammate, it gotta be a brother. Because once they're your brother, you know they got your back. And you all got the same goal in mind. So we was able to get that uh, city championship, the first and only in school history. And who were the teams that y'all defeated that year? You remember? Uh, that, that question is from my man Marco. I wonder if, uh, I know it's from Harlem. Is that, I think Thurgood Marshall? Maybe it was Thurgood Marshall? Thurgood Marshall. Thurgood Marshall, yes, yes. I think that's right. Y'all beat them for the city championship? Yeah, beat them in the city. And then... um. We got killed in the States by um, Amityville. They had uh, Jason Frazier. They had um, A.J. Price. I went to UConn. Jason Frazier was an All-American. Yes. So, you know, we definitely got, you know, got it, got handled. But we did our job, though. We got the city. You know, of course, we want the state. That's but, right. But, you know, we took care of the city. And, and that was you guys first? Yeah, first and only. Still chasing that chip. And the way you guys was going this year, man, listen, you guys are going to run. We're going to get to it. We're going to get to that part, Coach. Yeah. We definitely want to get there. Uh, how did you – did you go to college after afterwards? What uh, college did you go to? I was supposed to go to play ball at Southern Vermont, but my grandmother was sick. And she always talked about Virginia and Virginia. So I just said, you know what, let me go to her hometown. So I went to Virginia State. I didn't play ball. Though. At that time, my mind was off basketball. I just – Worried about getting my college degree, you know. I played. That's right. College. That's right. I was here. Yeah. yeah, man. Um, I I can definitely connect with you on that because during the time I was in school, my mom was sick, and my family wouldn't tell me because they knew I would have left school. Right. Right. So that's definitely something heavy for a young man to deal with because. We don't know a lot what times what kids are going through, right? Right. College, high school, kids are dealing with a lot in real life. Right. You know, a lot can be put in their shoulders. So the the fact that you went and you got your degree, right, and came out with your paperwork. Right. Salute to you, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you all. What's going on, man? Thank you. Definitely. So how did you? How did the coaching bug? How did you get the coaching bug? It was like um. I was about to graduate, and I'm like, damn, I don't know what I'm going to do. I ain't want to stay in Virginia, but I didn't want to come home and be in my mom's house bored. So I reached back out to Saunders, like, probably, like, on a Monday. And I'm like, coach, I graduated. I want to come home. 
how can I be involved? He said, we got a game the next day against boys and girls. I said, what time will be there? He said, be there by 3.30. Next morning, got in the road, drove straight down. It was my mom's birthday. I went to the house, said happy birthday to my mother. I went straight to the high, but I couldn't get in because my name was on the list. And I was like, all right, well, no coach, I'm here. You know, I want you to know I came. What's next? He said, be at practice. So I was at practice with the JV team, the varsity team, and just learning the game. You know, it was it was it was different because I felt like I'm by, at that time I'm 22 years old. These guys 17, 18. We're somewhat peers, so it was kind of hard for me to be able to figure out how can I make them listen to me. But at that time, I realized I had to listen to them because I need to be able to help them out. They couldn't help me out at that time. That's right. That's right. Yep. So. Dan, how, how important do you think uh, are mentors? Because I I know a lot of young men who went to college, played basketball, and those who didn't play basketball, when it came time for them to leave college, they had no idea what they wanted to do. Right. Right? And, brother, so many kids are in that position because they don't have no one to bounce ideas off of. Right? And right. a lot of times, we don't have that that family stream where we can say, you know, I'm going to go work for the family business. We trying to figure that out. And uh, we got to find a way where we can help young men figure it out so it's not so stressful when they leave in college because they're like in a small incubator while they're in college and they get taken care of. But once they come out to the real world, it's like, what are your credentials? Right. You know, Penny Anderson mentioned it yesterday. Even being in the NBA, you could be in the NBA, do 14 years, be 35, and they're like, okay, what did you do? What kind of work experience did you have? If you're not trying to create your own experience. It's tough. So You're not thinking about that. We're just thinking about that task at hand. Right. Right. It's a lot for a young man to deal with, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. So you got the coaching because you reached out. Right. Right? You reached out to your old coach. And he said, look, this is what we're going to do. Did you do it because you fell in love with it? Because you was in love with it? Or you did it because you needed some kind of employment? Um, I would say I did it just because I wanted to be around something I knew. You know, graduating college and not having a job is the uncertain. At least if I was around basketball, I knew something. You know, it, I didn't get paid. I just was doing it for, like, I learned how to love it. You know, right. Okay. Okay. How to love it, and then once I got the love for it, it was like I can't walk away from it. And you start out. Did you coach JV first before you went up to varsity? I did. I did JV like I think. Well, I wrote it down. I did JV about six years. Mm. I did JV six years, and it was um the JV coach one day was like, "Listen, I don't want to do it no more." I, I realized some games. He'll be sitting back and here, let me coach. And I'm like, what's he doing? You know, but I'm not going to ask him. I'm, I'm, I'm showing my respect. So, you know, I'll still do whatever he tell me to do. Then one day, he's like, I don't want to do it no more. And I was like, okay, what's up? What happened? He was like, because it's not my time no more. It's your time. Mm. It's my time. And I was like, uh, I appreciate that. Just let me know, you know, what I have to do. And he told me, you know, I took care of what I had to take care of. And I just ran with it. Just ran with it. So, listen, brother, it, it sounds like this is something that you meant to do and you probably don't realize it. Right. So, I ran into 
You you saying to yourself, right? He's giving you this platform for you to get your skills up, mm -hmm. and you big saying to yourself, then what? What is this guy doing for me? Right. Why is he sitting back, not even knowing he was grooming you for this position? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And how did you guys do once you took over? I think this. I've been doing this eleven years, right? I won a division every year but one. So when I first started, I just had that same mentality I had as a player, as an assistant coach, and I use almost everything that I learned from Coach Saunders, Coach Williams, and I just ran with it. And I was I was doing good. I think I won like 12, 14. I think I thought it was I think it was like 14 games. It was an 18 game season. I won 14. Um and I had I had a lot of freshmen. So it was like we get to do this thing all over again. And I was like, you know, the more and more I learned, the more and more I learned from it, it was like, it became easier for me. Mm. Okay, all right. And how, how did you end up on the varsity level? Were you doing coaching JV and varsity or just JV? I was helping out with the, what happened. I, I helped out with Voss still. And um, when it was time for my JV guys to move up to Voss, they were ready. So that was one thing that kind of made Coach Saunders excited and happy course, me being one of his former players. And then he went, he took a sabbatical. So when he took a sabbatical, there was like, there's an opportunity for you to coach varsity next year. Right. But keep this in the back of your mind, it's for a year, and you're possibly going to have to go back down. So I'm like, I got all my guys I just had, let's go, let's do it. So I was able to do it for that one year, and then um, he came back. But I, at that time, I was like, nah, I don't want to give it up, you know? And we had a meeting. We had a meeting with the principal. The principal was Mr. Muhammad from Bethany. And yes, yes. He, he was my former teacher at Benefit. Mm. So he's seen the progression. He's seen the work ethic. He's seen the love. And he kept it real with Coach Songs. He said, sometimes people have to move on from positions that they're in to let the younger people get the opportunity. And... Once you said that, Saunders looked at me and was like, you know what, you're right. And he let and he let me take it over. And you fought for it. Yeah. You fell in love with it. You got the bug. I think that's when you probably really got the bug. Because you know, you fight for things that you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he let me take it over. And I was like, you know, I didn't know what to do at that time. I'm like, damn, it's mine. What we do. Right. And, you know, I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing. And that's how you became the head coach. What year was that? Um, that was 2016. 2016. So it took y'all two, from 2016, from when you started, to get y'all to this point where y'all was at this year. Nah, uh-uh. When, when I first started, I wrote it down for you, too. 2016, I went I went 16 and one, and just so happens they changed the game time. We went we had to go to Staten Island. We got like the number eight seed, and we lost one game. So we had to go to McKee. The game would be at 4:30. They tell us when we get there, the game until seven. So now we sitting around, being you know getting lazy, restless, and we lost. We lost our um, second round in McKee. Then the next year. Um, no, we were, we were 12 until the next year. An altercation happened at the school where they felt 
some young men did some things at a corner store, and they took away like three or four of my members for a mm. game. And we went to go play uh, Francis Lewis. They got a point guard. He goes to um, Garden of Wet. He was real good. We lost to them by three. And mine's like I said, I didn't have three or four of my main people. So that, that year right there was a year that we was definitely going to make a little run. And then the following year, we, we went to the quarterfinals. And right. I lost by one, by a buzzer beater, to the team that went to win the championship. So when I first started, I was right there. What team, what team was that? What team was that? Oh, uh, who's that? Um, I got to look that one up. I remember. I re oh, man. Walton. Walton. Okay, Walton. Okay, okay, okay. That, that year they ran through. They beat everybody in Brooklyn to win the championship. It, mm. Us. It was Banneker. Then it was Grady. Then they beat Lawn Tech with a tipping. So it was like... Who's your toughest competition in the A division? This year or back then? Back then and oh, now. Let's, let's go back then and now. Back then, I would, you know, every year they've been changing the division, so it's not, it's not, it hasn't been consistent. But I know, like, uh, we had Lauren Tech in there; they were pretty good. We had, they, 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 I think they won the championship the year before that. They were, we had them. We had, um. Global studies. They were tall. They were big. They were tough at their home. Um, we really, we really never had like Beffitt in our division. But of course, you know, you come across them, it's going to be a battle. Salute Raw Phelps in the building, Beffitt Academy. You know, um, we are. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I look at it like honestly, every team we play, we can beat. That's just my mentality. Like no matter who we playing, we got it. Right. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this year, right? Uh-huh. Cause you know, you, you, you went through the fire first couple of years. Yeah. Right? And uh -huh. now you gotta get to the point where y'all feel this is y'all year. How did you know this year was gonna be special, coach? I mean I I, I thought so because um I was bringing back everybody almost. I lost one player. He on here right now. I see him talking. Jay Buck, John James, he in the army. I lost. Him. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, I lost. No, I lost two. I lost him and somebody in my boat. But I knew I was bringing everybody back. And I knew at that time I could trust my guard, my guard play. I know my bigs wanted to win. And when we actually made the semifinals the year before, it was one of those things like it was like a fairy tale. Like, damn, we got here. It's sophomores and juniors. We just went three and fourteen the year before. We got it, so they 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 gained confidence to where sometimes I don't have to say anything. So um, as the year progressed, I started to see like different people starting to like, get better. Um, I'm not sure if you know the kid Charles number eleven. He started to come up. Yes, up. yes. And I'm like, damn. Once he, once he started doing that, I was like, there's nobody in, in Brooklyn, New York City that can stop that when he's playing like that. Right. Right. Then I had I had Gabe Holly that was killing everybody. You know, yeah, my boy Marco just said uh Gabe Holly is 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 yeah, the truth. You just put it. He was killing everybody. You know what I'm saying? And 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 then when I had um then when I was able to have a full team back again, when I when I was able to have twins come back and rock out and play with us, when I was able to have Tyreek 
playing healthy, not being hurt, knocking down. My God, Tom Reed. Clean. I love that guy, yo. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. So right there, it was like, you know, I don't think nobody can stop us. And then, you know, when when they started to show me, like, Coach, chill, we good, don't worry. Then I soon I realized, like, okay, this could be a special year for us. Uh, my boy Stay Stem said, how is the PSL now that they keep switching the divisions? I mean, it's hard in a sense because, like, for example, I have a tournament every year. And teams that I reach out to, they be like, Coach, I don't know if I can play you because you might be in my, in my league this year. So it's hard for non-league games, right? And then they keep switching up stuff. Some, some years you have 16 games. Sometimes you got 18 games you can't play. You know, and then even in the summertime, you're out there watching for your opponents. You don't know when you're going to play. That's crazy. You never know. You never know. So it, it makes it kind of difficult to yeah. scout teams and, and plan for the future yeah. against different teams. Yeah, of course. Why, why do you think the PSL is doing that? Because, it, you know, I know in my era, it was consistent year after year after year. We knew who we was going to play. We knew who, our, who was in the conference, and it made it easier I, I have us no, to understand I have our competition. I, I have no answer. I mean, it's not like they let too many people move up, move down. I just, I think, I know their reason was to make it closer. But some teams you play is still not in your area. And even right, right. now, like they have it where now you might have four, maybe four to five teams in your conference. That's 10 games. But then you got eight games. That's crossover games. So I'm not right. going all the way to Coney Island to play somebody. Like, I don't feel like that those games are really needed sometimes. Right. Because it's taking away the experience from children to travel, to play on a bigger stage. Well, I know, I know us being in Coney Island, me being in Lincoln, uh, we definitely had to travel but not that far because, you know, we had Grady, Lafayette, all, all those teams that was in our area, mm -hmm. right? We never had to go. Boys High was never in our conference. Right. Right? Jefferson was never in our conference. Right. Right? So, yeah, I definitely understand that. Um, who's that? Darren. Darren said, Darren YKTV said, what's the best high school basketball team in Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I'm like the that's the we're the best. So that's right. That's right. What do you think you're supposed to say? But I mean, I'm gonna be I'm gonna keep it a hundred with you though. Being that you had the Brooklyn Borough Championship, we lost to South Shore. So I take my hat off to Coach Smoke. They, they yeah, had, South Shore they they have been they have been the best team in Brooklyn for the last few years. So that's not even slighting you. That's yeah. that's keeping it real. Right. Okay, so we we go on this incredible run, right? Uh huh. And I'm there to witness it live in person. Uh huh. And I see y'all put the whoop ass on Thomas Jefferson, well, boys and girls, and then Thomas Jefferson, right? That same order, right? Yeah, other way around, other way around. Oh, right, y'all went Jefferson first, then boys and girls. Yeah. And then not only that, y'all faced two of the toughest guards in the city. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Juan Carlos and Khalil Brantley. What was the game plan? You know, I want you to give away all your secrets, but what was the game plan and slowing them down, Coach? Because these are the two best players, if not 
in the city of New York, right? And you did a hell of a job against him. Thank you. So, so with, with Jaquan, the game plan was just like stay in front of him, just keep fresh bodies on him. You know, our guard just told him, like, we started off the game, um, Tawan, Tawan guarded him pretty good. Then Tawan got Tyreek, put Tyreek on him. So we was still throwing fresh bodies at him, you know, and just being aggressive. Um, with um, the boys and girls guard, it's funny. I was talking to my sister coach. I said, yo, we good. As long as you don't score 50, we good. Right? Right. Before the game. But it was me joking. But, like, sometimes I be having these feelings like somebody going to do this, somebody going to do that. I had a feeling right. going to get it off just because the magnitude of the game. He scored 47. Right. He didn't get that 50, and we got the win. So it was like, he looked at me like, yeah, how did you know that? I was like, I just felt that. But with him, what we did, we, Tyreek stepped up. Tawan, Tawan stepped up. Tawan got him again first half of the game. Um, he just was making shots. It wasn't It wasn't like he wasn't guarded. He just made shots. And it was like, all right, we, we good. He made the shot. They looked at me, keep playing. Um, then I think the second half of the game, we made the adjustment where we were going to trap him. So he was starting to get tired. He was passing the ball a little bit more. So, again, like just throwing fresh bodies at people. Uh, trapping them, throwing different schemes, I think that kind of wore him down some. Yeah, and, and with, with Tyreek playing the defense that he played and then Twin coming through at the end how he did, right? right? And, and right then, just at that time, he was the best player on the floor, right? right? Mm -hmm. But what I saw from Khalil Brantley that day, and I told him this, uh, you guys played him the toughest I've seen anybody play him. Thank you. And you, at that time, you guys turned into the Knicks, the old Knicks, and the old Detroit Pistons, the way y'all handled him. It was just like Khalid Bradley rules, shut him down, make sure he hit the floor three or four times, right? And not being malicious, right? but playing tough. Right. And I saw that. So we over to the side was... The head of the PSL, the head of the referees, Tom Kachowski, a few uh, college coaches, and we're watching, and everyone commending your team the way they played clear and how tough you guys were. I'm here in the chat. Thank you. So, Khalid, like, hit the floor. Khalid hit the floor like three or four times. And to his credit, and, you know, not to, him to outshine anybody else, but he didn't change his facial expression. Mm -hmm. And also, when he hit the floor, your, your guys picked him up and pat him on the ass and let's start to play all over again, right? So that shows me what kind of kids that you have being tough and also being fair, right? And also showing that, you know, when you got a player like Khalil Bradley at that level, uh, see if he could take the smoke, right? right. When you see a, a guy that could take the smoke and then, you know, go through the fire the way you guys put him through the fire, uh -huh. you can tell what kind of player he is and what kind of team he was facing that day. So when I saw you that day, Coach, and I walked into you, I said, great game. Yeah. I meant that because, you know, I've seen you come up, Coach. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I've seen you, I've seen you through the summertime. I've seen you earn your strikes. Thank you.
So, right, so, you know, I, I definitely want to give your flowers early because you're going to have a long career, brother, and it's just the beginning. Thank you. Really definitely. You. Definitely. So, do you plan to move into the AA one day? I'm, I'm going to answer that question real quick, but I'm going to add more to that story when we play the high. Okay. So that day we played the high, he just, it's funny, he just he just joined too. Gabe, Gabe just joined. I'm getting ready to talk about Gabe. Okay. What's up, Gabe? What's up, Gabe? Just joined, right? When we played the high, Gabe, I know you saw it, Gabe uh, broke a bone in his knee. Yes, so yes. That, that that right there had everybody crying, had me like, what the, you know, like, damn, what are we going to do? Not the fact that I, I didn't feel we were able to still compete against them, but I know these guys right. are close. They're brothers. They, they're all friends. They're emotional. And what I loved about the team, and that's one another reason I thought we were going to make it far, they they got together. They just like, yo, it's not about us. It ain't about coach. It ain't even about what's on our chest right now. It's about game. Mm. And, like, when I would be in the huddle, I would want to say one, two, three, something. They'd be like, all right, coach, we're going to say one, two, three, game. And I'd be like, all right, cool. So the rest of the game was just one, two, three game. And I love the fact that they just played extra hard just for their teammate, for their brother. So that right, I want to tip my hat off to them. I told them that multiple times, but that was really like a game changer to me, like how they really stuck together. Because it could have went, went left. We could have Yo, listen, I, I, I was just coming in the building when it happened. And I saw your team the way they gathered together. Yeah. Right? It, it, it turned from sad to, to fire, right? And uh, you saw the real brotherhood. You saw the real brotherhood come out of those kids that day. And this kind of kept y'all, you know, in a position to win the game. Yeah. Okay. So let me get back to that question. Will I move to the double-A? Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. That doesn't bother me. I'm fine with that. Um, but one thing about our school members, the smaller school, you got to have an 80 average, just like Bethany. So um, where I'm okay with it, the principal, I talk, I have to talk to him again. I spoke to him. He told me yes. But being that we've been out of school for such a long time, I just want to double check. But I, I'm not running from nobody. So your kids, as well as Bedford Academy, have to have an 80 average. Yeah. So I want to make sure I put that on the list because – you guys are in the A division, and that doesn't exist on any team on the double-A system. Correct. Right? So you guys are making sure that your kids are prepared. Correct. Man, that's that's solid right there. That's solid right there. Yeah. So I, I want to salute Benjamin Banneker and Bedford Academy for keeping the standards up high and making sure that our kids, you know, are getting the best education first. And then making sure that their basketball is intact. Let's go. So, Coach. Yep. In the last 10 years, who have been the best New York City high school you have coached and watched? Just one single Last school? 10 years. One single school? Yeah. You can name, you can uh, name a few. Got this nanny here that's kicking on my nerves. Um, I say Bethford. Bethford's <laughs> tough. Um, they're in the same age. Bethford's been tough. Thomas Jefferson. I've been playing them since I was doing JV. That was my first time beating them, too, when we beat them. So, yes, I, I, I saw that. Yeah. 
Zaha, I mean, I won my battles with them during JV a few times, but Zaha always been good when I played against them. Um, South Shore, always. I have yet to get a, a win against him. But um, those been the, the main schools right there that's consistently good and consistently going to be competitive. They're going to be prepared for you. You know, no matter what your game plan is, it's going to be somebody different ready to step up. And I think that speaks volumes to those coaches. Do you think now that uh, Tanya has left Lincoln that their glory days are over? I think it just takes time. Um, the coach over there is a good guy. We, we scrimmaged him the last two years. He has some good some good talent over there, but I just think it takes time. Um, I think, you know, Tiny was, you know, of course, one of the best to ever do it, but I think he can't get caught up in that. This is his time now to figure out his niche, his path, and leave his own legacy. He can't worry about what happened before him. You know what I mean? He got to figure it out for himself, like he's been doing, and just keep continuing that ground running. Who you think is the top five players in the city, Coach? Top five? Just for your perspective. Uh, I, I would say Brantley, Khalil Brantley. I would say Carlo. I like I like the kid from uh, South Shore, the left-hand one, Zaire. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to go away from my guy. I'm going to say... Gabe Holly right now. Um in the fifth person. I don't even know. Off the top of my head. So those those those, those four right there. Uh, what year is Gabe in? Gabe the junior. We're about to be a senior right now. Mm. He has anybody looking at him that you know of? Uh yeah, I've been speaking to like a few uh junior colleges, a few D twos. If late, um, they, they're interested. You know, they know about his. They ask about his leg. I know him. A few of them supposed to call him. I know at Division One JUCO, I actually reached out like two days ago about him. So his name is getting. He's getting a little bit notoriety now. Okay, well, I'm just putting it out there. Uh, got Kenny Anderson. He's an assistant coach uh, at an NIA school, and then you got my man Jason Gilliam. Who's at Florida Memorial down in Miami? Got it. To get a great experience there, so I just want to definitely put that out there. Also got my my guy in Oklahoma State. He has he's the head coach of a Division One junior college team, and that's at the same conference as you know uh, Oklahoma and the Big Ten and all those guys out there. So just let me know what we could do to help him, man. Whatever we can do, we can make this a community, man. To help that guy. Appreciate you. For sure, for sure. Um. <clears throat> What do you think about the AAU circuit? Um, me, me just being somebody that's like love basketball, I love to go watch it. I love to watch the different, you know, kids that's coming up, the ones that they're talking about. But, you say you love, oh, okay, I can't, I didn't hear your response. Yeah. What'd I you say? say? I, said, I, I said, me being a basketball guy, a junkie, I love it. I love to see the guys playing, competing, trying to get a scholarship. But I feel like sometimes they worry about that more than anything else. Like, they feel that's the all, that's everything. And sometimes that's not everything. You know, and even like sometimes the coaches, you don't know what their best interests are sometimes. So I feel like, you know, 
it's good and bad. I mean, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't say stop it. I would never tell one of my guys not to play it. I just feel like it, 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 it somewhat takes away from all the work that you've been doing with them. And then when they do no. huh? No, I, I, I agree. Because the summer I watched Zion, mm -hmm. right? And the year he was on the the, the Dina Gauntlet circuit, y'all watched him every night he was playing. Uh-huh. And I never knew John Morant was on his team. I didn't know that either, so they started talking about it when he was about to go pro, and they played together. Brother, I've been watching this guy for two years, and they've been playing with each other for that long. The fact that this kid and before him, Damian Lillard, yeah. right? Yep. And then my man McCollum, right? Like, I, I use those three guys as examples of what you can do without being a big name on a, on a circuit. If you just work in your game. Right. And you find someone that believes in you. That's the key. Yeah. Right? That's the biggest because thing. you can go on the AU circuit and, and not get noticed by anyone. Yeah. Right? And you find that one special coach that believes in you, and you turn that program into something that you make it into. And there's so many, there's so many street agents and so many people who are getting deals, who are turning their teams into AUs, and they just let the kids play. And they're not developing the kids. Right. Right? I had... Garfield Smith on the other night. Garfield went to Octavia Lutheran, and after that, he played for the University of Maryland, played with Walt Williams, okay. and, and, and did a good job of dominating two years. But he didn't really do it in high school like that. He developed his whole game on the AAU circuit mm -hmm. from beginning to end. Right. Right? And it's not like that these days. The AU guys are not developing. It's more like let's just get the the the, the kids throw them in the microwave, mm -hmm. give them some sneakers, give some clothes to some slippers, and now they they rock stars. Yeah, I mean a lot of it too is I know in the city there's no gym space. I mean there's gyms, but it's hard to get the permits. So I mean I give them that. Sometimes they may not be able to practice, but it's always a park. You can figure something out. Yes, yes. And there's a will, there's a way. Mm -hmm. New York City Prince said, do you think the PSAL should resume the Final Four later this, in the summer? I need my championship. So I would say, yeah. <laughs> I would say, yeah. But, I mean, for the safety of everybody, I don't know. I don't know. And then you got to also think about this. Like, It's going to take a lot because the kids are not in the gym. They're not put shots up, they're not doing anything really basketball related. So they take a whole lot just to get them somewhat back in shape. It's not like they did the NBA when they got a gym in their house, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad you, you answered that question early on about the, the, the 80 average because I was definitely going to ask you and grill you about the standard uh, of your players. And I want to try to get more coaches to see if they can buy into that. Um, because I think if we get our kids in New York City on that level, especially our Brooklyn kids on that level, we can change the dynamic of 
the way how we looked at throughout this the, the country. Because yeah. right now we're not we're not looking too well. Right, I agree with you. Um, how many of your kids since you've been head coach have been going on to college? Uh, all my guys go to well, except one. All went to college except John James. He went to the uh, military, but um, they all went. Um, I have two of them. They went to uh, Herkimer. They got national championships. Uh, one of them went on to Saint was it Saint Francis? Not St. Francis in Manhattan. Which college is St. Francis? Yes. Scholarship. The other one was supposed to go go go, go as well. He's going next year. I got one guy up at St. Francis right now. Uh, but all my guys go to college. I got one of my guys. He's a doctor now. I got to call him Doctor Joseph. He works at Columbus. Mm. You know what I mean? So, they, so right now you get you got a hundred percent, man. Because look, if 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 he chose to go to the to the service, he's doing something with his time. Yeah. Right. It's not idle time. So right now you you going one hundred percent, man. That's good. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Salute to you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's dope. Uh, I have another question. Uh, do you fit? Uh, who is this Deuce seven three three? Do you feel that the culture of the street ball is hurting the kids in their overall development? I, I, what I think is hurting the kids is the. The social media aspect of it, because like I feel like sometimes you're not playing the game for the win. You're playing the game for the, the video, the pictures, the likes. You're not going out there giving 110 percent and walking away saying, you know what, we beat y'all and have bragging rights at that aspect. Your bragging rights is you saw my video. I got some good posts. So I right, 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 right. Kind of way it's hurting the kids. Yeah, and, and you got these these channels like overtime. We just show, they just showing the guy's score. They don't show no defense. They don't show any defense. They don't show what happened before that. They just show the score, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's not that's not good. Uh, let me see. I'm going to get another question in here. Say, so is there a spot open for Banneker basketball next year? <laughs> I'm looking for a transfer. <laughs> Turn the bucket. <laughs> if you want to come work hard, always a conversation for a spot. You want to come to work hard? You don't want the coach all in the video, all in the song. Come to Banneker. <laughs> come work hard. That's it. Well, listen, man. Uh, coach, man, I appreciate you coming down, man, and holler at me. You know, I I just want to say thank you for always participating in my guy, CJ. Yeah. Uh, Hemingway Miller, uh, Peyton C.J. Hemingway, who passed away, one of my kids who got murdered. We still looking for the killer. So if you know something, say something, because we got to keep these uh, our kids safe in these streets. Right. And look, bro, you see the shirt I'm wearing today, right? Yeah, proud of my we, we 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 going all we down all over the country, man. So we got to save save our kids, man. Definitely got to save our kids. Well, I, I look for having me up here, man. For sure. I want to show you some, some work real quick. Right? So my guy got you, man. It's nice, man. See that, Coach? Yeah, I see that. He even got your cut looking right, Coach. Look at, <laughs> look at the line of your cut, Coach. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Appreciate All right. that. The artist, my dude. Yeah, right. That's nice. Right, right. <laughs> true, true. What are you doing over there, too?
Huh? So what are you doing back there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what we do back here, you know. We try to make it an event coming to basketball heads, man. So what I'll do is I'll make sure that we're in contact once all the artwork is finished up, and I'm going to get it out to you, Coach. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Listen, I'm always going to be a big supporter of your program. Uh, Tyreek is my kid, yo. I love that guy. Always here in the neighborhood. You always give me a shout out, keep me updated what's going on. He the one that give me the schedule to the game to make sure I'm there. So when, when when this whole thing break out, man, and we do this podcast thing, man, I want to bring you down to the studio. Maybe bring your team now and do something special, man. All right, man. Let me know. I appreciate it. No doubt. All right. All right. All right. Peace. Thank you. All right. Peace, guys.